We welcome you to this edition of the Tuesday People podcast, and I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is based. 25 years ago, I had a chance to sit alongside my beloved college professor as he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease and take one last class in what really matters in life before you know that you're going to die. And those lessons still resonate with me. I wrote them in the book Tuesdays with Maury, and they resonate with a lot of people around the world. And this podcast is sort of the incarnation again, 25 years later, of those same lessons re-examined now that I'm a lot closer to Maury's age than I was to my own. <laughs> Lisa Goitsch, you here alongside me, our friend, my producer. Lisa, nice to have you with us. Well, hello, Mitch. How are you on this December morn? I'm fine. And, and uh, it's good you mentioned December because today's show is going to focus on the December blahs, the holiday mm. depressions that come every time this time of year. You know, there's all those songs, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and the holiday spirit and so many happy, upbeat songs about how the most wonderful time of the year, right? Yeah. You know that song? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, it isn't for a lot of people. In fact, the holidays can be the lousiest time of the year for a lot of people who struggle with what is sometimes called uh, holiday blues, seasonal depression. Now, you wouldn't think that this would happen at a holiday where the symbolism of it or kids waiting for Santa to come down a chimney and give them presents that they can open with their parents and have lots of cake and candy canes and kiss under the mistletoe and everything about it, the secular part of it, I'm not talking about the religious part, obviously, everything about it is celebratory. So you say, well, how is it that people get sad around the holidays? Why do they get depressed when this should be the happiest time of the year? You don't tend to get depressed at the 4th of July, right? 4th of July, no. pretty good holiday. <laughs> you look forward to it, comes Kind of lives up to expectations. You have a good fourth? Yeah, it was nice. We had a good fourth. Had a barbecue. We had some yeah, potato nice. salad. Yeah. 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 Weather was hot. We went swimming. We had a good fourth. Uh, you know, other holidays are like that. I don't know. Memorial Day weekend, you know, when you get the extra weekend. Yeah, it was great. You know, we're, we're still, we, we uh, took the boat out for the first time or we opened the pool. Uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it was it was good. You know, we took the boat in. We closed the pool. <laughs> Whatever it is, these holidays, for the most part, birthdays, uh, they live up to their billing. But for some reason, right. the Christmas season, and I would say it begins with Thanksgiving and then really runs the whole gamut of the five weeks that run in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. They see people fall under certain spells. And what are some of the signs that you might be suffering from holiday blahs? Well, I've done some research on this, and here is sort of the summation of things to look out for. Do you feel feelings of irritability, quick to anger? Yes. Well, is, is that okay? I'm, well, I'm wasn't doing actually it. a question, Lisa, but okay, if you want I'm to respond it. to it. I'm checking off the boxes. As you're, you're checking off your own list? All right. Check that yes. list and check it, check it twice. Check okay, it as, twice. As the song says, make the list, check it twice. Uh, feelings of loneliness. Mm. Feelings of exhaustion and fatigue. 
Oh, yeah. A lot of that going on. Lack yes. of pleasure in normal activities. You go through the motions of things, but they're just not as enjoyable. Uh, losing interest in activities that you normally enjoy. Said, Wait a minute. This is usually mm -hmm. a fun thing mm -hmm. for me. Why aren't I enjoying it this time? Sleeping more or sleeping mm. less than usual. Difficulty making decisions, like a feeling of uh, being overwhelmed. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't keep asking me. That kind of thing. And mm -hmm. pulling away from friends and family, which is, of course, mm. the opposite of what you would think you would do at the holiday season, which is drawing closer to your, to your friends mm -hmm. and family, right? So if you have any of those things, you may be sort of suffering the holiday blues. It's not a medical disorder. It's just a repeated pattern amongst people that happens during this time of year. Now, we should say that with COVID-19, this is going to be an interesting year as it has been for everything else. It's going to be an interesting year for holiday blues. Maybe in its own weird way, people already being isolated, already being alone, already having given up on trying to make the holiday work the way it normally works may lessen the blow of some of these holiday blues. Because one of the things that people worry about at the holidays, I haven't gotten my shopping done. I haven't even started my shopping. I don't know who to shop for. I don't know what to get. A lot of people aren't doing that this year. Many people are just saying, listen, let's just skip the gifts this year. We're not going to be able to give them out in person and we're not going to be able to get together. Or there is no shopping because people don't want to go out to malls and stores and mm -hmm. all that. So everything is done online. I don't particularly like shopping online and I don't particularly advocate for it because I think seeing other people and, and supporting local merchants is really important. But it certainly is simpler. You don't have to worry about getting in the car, finding a parking space, dressing up because you don't want to be the only person at the mall in your sweatpants, uh, waiting <laughs> on long lines, uh, getting your credit card rejected, finding out they don't have what you want when you get there, even though they told you on the phone that they had it when you were on the phone and it was only 10 minutes ago and then you got there and now it's gone. None of that has to happen when you're online. You can right. very quickly find out if they have it or not. So some of that may be gone. And some of that feeling of I'm going to see my family they always are disapproving of me, and they're going to be disapproving of me again. I'm going to get the questions about what's happening with this, or why aren't you that, or how are things with such and such, and, and I don't want to answer them. Well, you may not have to because you may not be going anywhere this time. You know? And so that's possible too. The cause of the holiday blues, that doesn't change. And let's explore that a little bit about, well, why do people feel lonely? Why do they lack pleasure in normal activities? Why do they even pull away sometimes from people that they love when the whole point of the holiday is to do exactly the opposite? I'm going to begin with the idea of expectations. Expectations. Ah, yes. This is where we frequently get in trouble. The reason yep. that November, late November and all of December may feel unsatisfying to you is because you have unrealistic expectations about how great you're supposed to be feeling mm -hmm. during this time. Where do these 
expectations come from? Well, I would argue that in our media-soaked world, they come first and foremost from what we see anytime we look at a television, a movie, a commercial, now the internet. You see what? Beautiful-looking people fitting very nicely into their holiday clothes and sweaters, <laughs> uh, giving each other amazing gifts. Like there's this commercial that's out now. It's for some car. It's either a Ford or a GMC or whatever. And the husband, who's like this hunk-looking guy, uh, he says, I got you something, and uh, you're going to love it. And uh, first his wife gives him something. It's a little thing. And then he says, well, I got you something. Come on out. And they step outside into their beautiful driveway of what is clearly a mansion of a home. And he has two SUVs there, like a blue one and a red one. And she says, oh, I love it. And she's over by the red one. He goes, well, actually, I was going to take the red one. No, no, I love it. Okay, I like the blue one. And so not only not only are they gorgeous, both of them, right. not only do they look perfectly sexy and together, even though it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, not only do they have this beautiful mansion that they live in, which just looks great, but when they step outside, there's snow on the ground, and it's this idyllic-looking driveway. And then they have right. not one, but two brand new cars. Brand new. Brand new SUVs. And their biggest issue is she likes the red and he likes the blue or he likes the red and she likes the blue. That's their biggest worry. Now, you may say, well, it's just a commercial. But when you see something like that over and over again and you see all these commercials over and over again, they start to plant an idea in your head of what the holiday looks like to other people and what the holiday should look like to you. Yes. Nobody measures up to that expectation. Even the actors who are playing the people (laughs) in that commercial, I'm sure, don't have holidays. They're probably like, this is the only commercial I've gotten in the last six months. It's the only money I'll make. I'll be lucky if I can buy myself a half a turkey for uh, Christmas and eat by myself. But you think they're having a great time. You have this idea in your head that there's these people out there who are just having this great holiday and that's what it's like. And so where does that leave you? It leaves you falling short, right? Falling short of the expectation. So there's those commercials and all the consumerism things about all the things you should have or you should be able to buy for somebody or give to somebody. I mean, it's endless. The The Christmas gifts, if you really love her, give her the gift of Jared's. If you really care about your husband, get him this. <laughs> yeah. They're sending you this message for those who really, truly love, you would buy this. And you say, well, I kind of really, truly love, but I don't have the money for that or, or my husband doesn't like that or I don't know if I can afford that for my wife. And so now you start to feel... Like you're not living up, again, to expectations of what you're supposed (laughs) to deliver in terms of, because you apparently just don't care enough about your spouse. That's why you're not buying something from Jared's. Care enough to send the very best. (laughs) Yeah, my husband asked me that every single time he sees one of those commercials. He's like, do you want a diamond bracelet for Christmas this year? And I'm like, no, no, I I really don't. (laughs) Buy me a book. (laughs) But it's funny that. He he buys into it. He thinks that that's, is this what right. I'm supposed to be doing for right. you? I'm like, no, well, no. Well, because they're telling really. him if you care to give the very best and you're somehow yeah. not, not a, 
not a great husband if you somehow <laughs> fall back on that. Oh, she's just saying she wants a book, but what she really wants is a diamond bracelet from Jared's. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have that. You have the consumerism and you feel like, well, maybe you can't live up to that. Then here's another form of media and how it seeps in. Think about how many holiday movies TV shows oh, you can mm-hmm. see. There are, uh, there's a whole network, um, I believe Lifetime, that makes like 15 to 20 Christmas movies yeah. a year and, and just shows them, yeah. and Hallmark as well. And they just show Christmas movies. They start showing them from like the beginning of November, and it's just one after the other after the other. And they're all, yeah. they all have a little twist on the same plot, but basically they're nice looking people trying to find the true meaning of the holidays. Now, in that way, the fact that they're trying to find a new meaning of the holidays makes them like you. The fact that they always do find the true meaning of the holidays <laughs> makes them different than you. Because, Not like it, right. Right. For you, you're searching all the time. For them, they find it within 90 minutes. That's usually the end of the movie, 90 yeah. minutes, two hours. They find the true meaning of Christmas. And there's always some amazing lovely scene between usually two very good-looking people where they just realize they've been just missing each other, but they're really, they're truly meant for each other. And one of them wears a Santa cap and the other one has a a red or white clothes on. And and they have this amazing kiss uh, as snow is falling, (laughs) uh, like the end of Love Actually, you know, which is one of those Christmas movies. Oh, my favorite movie. Is it? Yeah, okay. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. So Love Actually is <laughs> is a Christmas movie that actually bombards you with yes. six or seven different stories <laughs> that make you feel inadequate. You're inadequate to every one of them. Every one of them, except for the guy who ends up divorced from his wife because he was cheating. You know, that's the one they have the one bad guy, but all the rest. Yeah, he's the, guy the only the, miserable one. Yeah, right? you, you have the guy with the Portuguese uh, woman from the, the house. writer guy. He, yeah, he oh, chases, chases yes. her all, but you have the prime minister. <laughs> Uh, uh, and uh, played by Hugh Grant and and whoever he falls in love with. Oh, uh, and his this. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, you have part. the little the little kid <laughs> who plays the drums for the girl who doesn't notice him. Yes, and Liam Neeson. <laughs> for, I mean, there, it's it's just an endless love fest of people finding <laughs> the love that was meant for them right in time for Christmas, and it makes you feel good for them. So we watch it. It's like a a little bit of a shot of chocolate. Uh, The Mm -hmm. endorphins hit your brain and it feels good. So you watch it. But then what happens, of course, when the chocolate turns into fat on your body uh, (laughs) or those endorphins fade is that that same thing that made you feel good starts to make you feel bad because internally it's like, well, where's my love like that? Where's my moment where I just feel you know, da 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 da. You know, I, I just want to feel that happy, sleigh bell ringing kind of joy, and everything's perfect. Yeah. Only my life isn't perfect, or I'm with my partner who I've been with for the last ten or fifteen or twenty or forty years, and I don't feel that same spark that they have, or I lament that I don't have that anymore. That's for the young people, and I lament that I'm not young anymore. So all of these images and storylines that can temporarily make you feel, oh, yes, I'm rooting for them, can also come back and make you feel bad about yourself because you're, you're not going through an experience like that. And to that I say, 
neither are they. They are actors. They are actors mm-hmm. getting paid money to pretend that they are in love with one another. They are not getting a chance to go through it either. These are our, our these Christmas stories are sort of our Greek mythology mm-hmm. when it comes to our modern day storytelling. In terms of we're ta- we're telling stories of heroes that are beyond us. Well, they may not be minotaurs and they may not be Zeus and they may not mm-hmm. hurl fire and lightning from their fingers, but they can fall in love wholly and totally. They can give of themselves selflessly and, and find romance in the most unlikely places, and we can't. So they are, yep. in their own way, sort of superhuman. They're mythological. And the same way that you wouldn't read Greek mythology and say, why can't I throw a thunderbolt? Why can't I be the king of the, <laughs> the, the trident in the sea? And Well, you, you don't do that, right? You say, well, this is ridiculous. These, these are people who are, they're just stories about gods. They're not real. Yeah. But movies and things like that make it feel like it's real. And it makes it feel like we should be like that, even though we're not. They are as mythological as, as any Greek figure, and yet we don't take it that way. So where does that leave us? It leaves us, remember I said, you know, lonely, feeling lonely, withdrawing from our own friends and family, partly because we we know that it's not going to be satisfying. We're thinking about something else. We have expectations for something else from that boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. We want it to be a certain level of romance that isn't real, and we kind of recognize we're not going to get it. And so we end up, eh, you know, let's not, let's not do that, or let's try not to do that, or I'm not coming over, or I'm not going to visit, or no, I don't want to go on that date, or whatever. Because we already tell ourselves it's going to fall short. Yeah. Well, what does falling short mean? It means you set up an expectation that you can't reach. That's how you fall short. Unrealistic expectations. I'm going to play you something uh, that Maury talked about when it came to expectations. His were, of course, much different than yours or mine because he was dying. And because he was dying, he could no longer expect something that you and I take for granted every minute of this podcast, every minute of this day up till now. And that is that we're going to be alive in another month or two. God willing. Right. But we kind of figure that. That's yeah. rolled into our thinking. Right. You know, we're making mm-hmm. plans already for next year, where we're going to go next summer, and what we're going to do at the end of the school year, and what we're going to do at, at the end of this job, or where we might move to when we sell the house. These are all future plans. Moore didn't have a future. He did mm-hmm. not have a future. So that clearly changed his idea of expectations. Listen to this. I'm changing my whole set of expectations. You and I and everybody, while you're alive, expect to go on living. That's built into you, because from day to day, that's what you do. I expect to cease living. So when you put it that way, then I'm not worried about uh, who's going to work and who's not going to work. And can I get out and see the beautiful trees, which I can see only partially, but rather, 
how do I keep myself fully human and fully alert and awake to what's going on within and around me. That's my primary interest within and around me with the people who love me. So here you hear the sound of a man whose expectations, because of a medical condition, have been shrunken down to no longer even include that very simple thing that you and I are assuming is in our lives right now that will be around in a few months. Maury knew that he didn't have a few months left. He might have had one, two, if he was lucky at the time that he was talking to me. So how does that change your expectations? Well, at that point, you're not worried necessarily about the holiday season or anything else. You start to focus on what's really important. And you heard him say it at the end. How do I keep myself fully human, fully alert, awake to what's going on within and around me. That's my primary interest. That's my primary interest, he said. This man who was dying, that's my primary interest. It's not in, hey, if I've got a month left, I want to see what it's like to fly in a Learjet. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to feel what it's like to you know, go skiing in the Alps. I want to feel, now, never mind that Maury's condition physically wouldn't allow him to do that. There are people who are dying from other diseases that, that could physically go certain cancers and things like that they know you may have a short period of time left but you you, you're mobile and you may be able to go do things or whatever that that costs money or to experience this or that but that wasn't how he chose to put his emphasis he his expectations were how do i make myself fully human for everyone around me and be alert and awake to what's going on around me now imagine if that was your only expectation at the holiday season, how can I be fully alert and good to other people? How can I be helpful to my friends? How can I help Hmm. them through their holiday blahs? If that became your expectation, I guarantee you, you would meet it. And I guarantee you, you wouldn't suffer that same fall off the cliff feeling of, I expected one thing and I got something else. So there's an interesting approach right then and there. What if you decided Mm -hmm. during this holiday season, your expectation and your goal was to talk to all of your friends and family and loved ones and help them through their holiday depression? As strange as it sounds, that's probably the best cure that you can have for your own holiday depression is you flip the script and you say, I'm just going to help other people with theirs. How you feeling? I'm kind of down. Let's talk about it. Let me help you. Instead of focusing on your own issues, you focus on those same issues that somebody else is having. That is a great way to cure your own blues by focusing on helping people get through the blues of somebody else. Here's what you see with Maury. When Maury was dying, we've talked about this many times on the show, the thing that would make him feel the most alive was when other people would come in talk to him about their problems, and he mm-hmm. would help solve their problems. And you say, well, that doesn't make sense because he has more problems than they do. Yes, that's true. He does. He was dying. But because he was dying and he really recognized that, he wanted to feel useful. 
That's what made him feel the least like dying, that he was useful. If everybody's just catering to hear more, hear, hear, don't, don't, don't move. We'll get that for you. Don't do that. We'll get that for you. Here, don't, you don't even have to sip. We'll just put the straw in your mouth. No, we'll do, we'll do that. Doesn't that just make you feel like you're dying? Everybody's doing all this stuff for you. So right. if you can do something for somebody else and it makes you feel alive, that was not only how Maury dealt with his big issue, his big depression, dying, but it's also a great formula for how you can deal with the holiday issues. Dedicate yourself to helping other people through their blues and you won't have anywhere near the same blues yourself. I love that. That will address feelings of loneliness, which are frequently common at this time of year, because you call up somebody else and say, hey, mm -hmm. I called to see how you're doing. I've been thinking about you at the holidays. Tell me what's going on. And ask them, you know, is, is, are the holidays a challenge for you this year? Are, are you finding with COVID-19 they're just not as enjoyable? Believe me, people won't need more of an opening than that. Oh, well, right. now that you ask, uh -huh. yeah, let me tell you. And they'll be happy to spill for you and and you can be of comfort and when you hear what other people are going through you won't feel so bad about what you yourself are going through you really won't and i bet you'll find also that more friends of yours are going through that than you even know friends and family members you know lots of people put on a, a smiley face but i think behind many of our faces we're all feeling exactly the same way that's right that's right. And all it takes is someone to ask that question. Mm -hmm. You know, just tell me how you're feeling. Are you going through any stuff that's tough? You know, I know these holidays, this holiday season's a really rough one. How are you dealing with it? And that's usually all it takes. It's like mm -hmm. putting a, 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 a key in an old lock. You just turn it and boom, the door just falls on top of you. I was so happy it's been <laughs> yes. waiting to be open. <laughs> right. And people's doors are waiting to be open to talk about these issues with you. So that's a way that you can deal with a lot of that feeling of loneliness, withdrawing from friends and family. As far as lack of pleasure in normal activities and losing interest in t activities that you normally enjoy, again, if you're expecting them to give you a certain level of joy, you may be shortchanged. But if you just look at them and take some joy in the routine and include in that routine stuff that involves other people. You've heard me say this before, but it's worth bearing in mind. Include in your routine things that involve helping other people, and you won't lack pleasure in your normal activities. My normal activities include every month a trip to Haiti to go to our orphanage there that we operate, and depending on the month, I'll stay half a month or all the way down to five days, you know, depending on what availability I have. But I know that I'm going every month. Just got back yesterday, as a matter of fact, for, from this particular trip. And on the plane home, I was remarking to my wife, who came with me, you know, we were there for five days. I can't remember where one day ended and where one day began. It just feels like one long day, and we're already on our way back. Now, can mm -hmm. I tell you that the entire time I was there, I was working with the kids in what they needed. There wasn't one time that they did something for me. There wasn't one time that they said, here, Mr. Mitch, you sit down. We're going to 
bring you this. We're going to do this for you. It, it never happens. And, and I never think about it. The minute I'm there, it's like, okay, I got to teach this class. Okay, I got to work with the kids on music. Okay, I got to meet with the uh, people from the outside. Okay, I got to pay these bills. Okay, I have to talk with our staff. I have to get my Creole up so I can address all of our nannies. I have to, I have to talk to the teenage kids who are having some issues with the, you know, the boys with the girls, the girls with the boys. I have to talk to this one who became a little bit of a discipline problem. It's, it's one minute after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next. There's always another thing to do. And yet it flies by. It flies by. Because there is no choice but to just be giving of yourself to these kids. And when it comes to something like that, you know, in your mind, you don't think, okay, I'm going to go to an orphanage. I hope they treat me well. I I hope they throw a party for me. You go there thinking, okay, I'm going to do something for somebody else. And when you know that you're going to do that, your mindset changes. Well, this is what happens around the holidays. One of the reasons that people don't find pleasure in normal activities or pull away from friends and family is because in the back of their mind, they're kind of expecting, well, somebody's going to do something for me or somebody's going to buy me a present or someone's supposed to buy me a present or someone's supposed to take me out for a holiday lunch or someone's supposed to get in touch with me and want to get together with me for the holidays because they're back in town again. But it's not happening. And so you sort of like cut it off at the pass rather than be heartbroken you don't even put out feelers that you want other people to get involved with you. You don't even put out feelers that you're you're available to get together or what you just withdraw from people. Whereas if you got involved with people but you got involved in a way that you could help, the time would fly by. And of course, when it came to Christmas, we brought down pajamas for all of the kids and because we weren't going to be there for the Christmas holiday themse- itself, we celebrated on the last night we were there. We said, well, this is going to be an early Christmas. Oh, Everybody nice. gets a present. And they all got pajamas, different pajamas for different age kids. You know, some were Spider-Man pajamas and some were princess pajamas and some were, you know, went all the way up to a Bob Marley shirt and a Coca-Cola shirt. Nice. Teenagers. <laughs> and they were thrilled. One present. One present, and they were thrilled, and it was so joyous, and it was so nice to just give something. And it's, it was just pajamas. I mean, they're, they're not expensive, and they're not the kind of thing that kids usually go crazy about, but they did, and we had the chance to, to give. And again, that whole giving is living thing, which I talk about all the time on, the, on this podcast, really came into effect. So that eliminated a lot of the blues that myself or my wife would normally maybe have at this time of year. And just focusing on them always does it. So I know from where I speak here, if you can get involved, it doesn't have to be an orphanage in Haiti. It can just be a place right down the street. It can be your next-door neighbor's kids. It can be the local daycare center. It can be, you know, uh, dealing with the elderly. I know these are challenged places right now with COVID-19, but we're talking about things forever, not just for this particular winter. When you can get involved and help with other people, it will help move the holiday blahs out of your particular circle and get you focusing on other, on other things. So think about the expectations that you're bringing into your life. Think about if they are unrealistic or not. Before you start to feel bad, when you watch that movie, when you see that commercial, just laugh it off. Just say, well, that's a nice piece of acting. But in real life, we all know it doesn't work that way. Instead of saying, oh, I wish I had 
a guy like that. Oh, I wish I had yeah. a love like that. Oh, I wish I had a car like that or someone who bought me presents like that. Don't wish. Be grateful for the things that you do have. And maybe stop watching some of it if it's really well, leading you down that yeah. path, right? And know that that actor, the real actor, has probably been married four times already. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And he or she is still looking for that perfect love like they have in still the Still looking for love, too, right. Exactly. Right. Good point. Yeah. And if you don't believe it, just look in the gossip magazines and you'll see how many yeah. times they're look married it up. and divorced. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hopefully this helps a little bit with dealing with the high level of expectations that are put upon us in this country and, and make us feel so bad. Let me wind down with this quote from Maury as to why people get depressed in our country. And mind you, he said this 25 years ago, and it is so true today. Listen. It's greater than any individual. It's a cultural phenomenon. This culture does not treat people in such a way as to make them feel good about themselves. You're always being judged and tested and competed with, shown you're not good enough. Or so many people I talk to have the feeling they're not good enough and they can't be good enough. Mm -hmm. And so many people walk around with a meaningless life. They exist. And that's one thing I want to tell you. The way to get meaning in your life is to devote yourself to the truth, to devote yourself to being good, meaning to be concerned about others and their welfare as well as your own. That's a beautiful quote. We've used it often. It's in the book Tuesdays with Maury. The way you get meaning in your life, devoting yourselves to others, being good, being concerned with others. If you take that as a holiday philosophy into this holiday season, I'm pretty sure your holiday blues will be reduced to a minimum. And you might even enjoy the holiday a little bit more. So hopefully that's of some help. That's what we're here to do. And we look forward to getting the opportunity to do it again with you. You can check us all out at wetuesdaypeople.com on the web. You can hear old shows and you can get involved in discussion chats about those topics. Find out more about Tuesdays with Maury. Lisa, as always, put together a beautiful program. Thank you, Lisa, for that. Ah, oh, Mitch, I'm thankful for you. I'm going to go find a cause today. Well, I'm gonna good look luck for, in I have Los friends Angeles. Who are, yeah. <laughs> I hope it's within five feet of your house. <laughs> I know. I have friends who are in need, so I can just call somebody up or text them or something. That's right. That's what I'm going to do today. It's even easier. And um, until we see you again, we'll talk about another lesson learned from a very wise old man. On behalf of Lisa Goitz, this is Mitch Album saying, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.